Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another edition of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast, this time looking at Mid-South Wrestling Television from March 19th, 1983, as taped on March 16th, 1983, at the Irish McNeil Boys Club in Shreveport, Louisiana. I am the great Brian Last, and joining me this week, like he does each and every week, you know him from booking the territory, Mike Mills. Mike? How are you today? Another big week of Mid-South Wrestling action. Another big week of Mid-South Wrestling. This is a fun time. I mean, we've seen some crazy stuff happen in the last few weeks. Uh, The whole thing with Two and Olympia and, you know, Olympia denying that he had anything to do with the stalking of Two. So we got to stay tuned, man, and see where this all goes because, I mean, we kind of left on a cliffhanger last week, and we'll see if anything more develops this week and in the, the weeks to come. But stay tuned because we're having a lot of fun. And I want to mention one other thing before you throw it to the opening. Boyd is wearing a glorious lime green suit on, and tie, I should say, on this week's episode, which is which is great and fantastic. I love Boyd when he brings out the 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 outlandish suits. Maybe this one isn't outlandish, but the color, uh, it would light up a room if he walked into it. I think the only disappointing thing I could say right now here at the top of the show about this episode is they don't really follow up on everything last week with Mr. Wrestling 2 and Olympia. It's mentioned a few times, but there's really nothing done. I mean, if you left last week's show saying, I can't wait to see what happens this week with Olympia, nothing happens this week with Olympia. Yeah, they're treating this kind of like they've done with the story all along. I mean, think about how long it took for us to even get to this point. Months, months, not weeks, but months. So it's just Watts just taking his time with the storytelling and making sure you tune in. I mean, we're even going to get a recap of it and a, and a replay of it. So, I mean, there, there's just a lot here where it's just like, yeah, it happened. We're not really going to follow up on it. But, you know, that's more of a testament to wrestling during that time period as well. We didn't always get the payoff the next week. We had to be patient with it. And it took time. It took time for these stories to develop. And that's what we're seeing here. Well, let's go to the show open. Bill Watts with Boyd Pierce. Let's go to this. I'm your host, Boyd Pierce, and we look forward to asking you to join us for 60 minutes of excitement. You'll see a great card headlined by a wild battle between rugged Matt Bourne and the Junkyard Dog. Also, the Black Ninja, Kendo Nagasaki, is here. He'll be Kamala, the Ugandan warrior, in action. A tag team match that really promises to be a wild battle as Hacksaw Jim Dugan, the Louisiana heavyweight champion, takes on as his partner, the Super Destroyer. To tell us about it, one of the most knowledgeable men in wrestling, the popular Cowboy Bill Watts. Well, thank you, Boyd. It's great to be here again, and I think we got some great matches on this card. But first, reflecting back to February 9th, when a collision between two awesome tag teams, DiBiase and Bourne, the Mid-South Tag Champions, seemingly unbeatable against... Seven foot four, 485 pound Andre the Giant and Mr. USA Tony Atlas. It looked like DiBiase and Bourne, their backs were to the wall. However, in that match, Hacksaw Dugan, the Rat Packer, the man who was also in the gorilla suit that originated the titles to DiBiase and Bourne and the leaving for the 90 day vacation of the junkyard dog, that man also came into the action. But then the surprise, the real Joker in the deck, Kamala with Akbar, and Kamala attacked. Andre the Giant viciously from behind, and Andre the Giant has sent word that he is going to meet that man. He wants Grizzly Smith to get that match anytime, any place, anywhere. Let's look at the closing moments of that match. 
And from there, Mike, we get a recap of the match from a few weeks back. Andre the Giant and Tony Atlas versus the Mid-South Wrestling Tag Team Champions, Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne. This, of course, is where Kamala ends up running in, body slams Andre the Giant, bloodies Andre the Giant. And I think you and I may have mentioned that, very similar to what we just said about Olympia, the Andre the Giant stuff had kind of been in the background. We hadn't seen too much of Kamala the last few weeks. Andre, obviously, is a touring attraction, so he's not going to be there as a regular. But... Now we're going back to this. Now we're going back to Andre and Kamala. Yeah, and I think back in the day, they they did this a lot, man. It was, again, not to keep saying it, but VCRs, not many people had them. So they would kind of like bring up these storylines again like they're doing here. And it's not a central storyline with Andre. And, you know, like you just said, Andre is kind of a traveling, you know, he's a traveling wrestler where he goes from territory to territory and and does his thing and then comes in occasionally. So, yeah, they're bringing it back up. If you didn't, if you missed that particular week, this was a treat. You finally got to see it because I can tell you right now, all the kids on the schoolyard, we were talking about it. Oh, my God. Did you see what happened to Andre? And the kids who just weren't at home at, you know, in New Orleans at 5 p.m. and it was airing on Channel 26, they didn't get to see it. And hopefully they were sitting in front of their TV at this time and they got to see it. So they would, they would have got to see the replay. And you always knew what was going on. So that was, I, I, I don't I never faulted them when they would play these replays. Nowadays, when I see replays on wrestling, I get all you know, testy about it because I'm like, God, man, we've got every ability to see things. If even if we miss it, it's like, oh, did you see it? Oh, yeah. Let me check it out on the DVR or let me go to YouTube. We didn't have that luxury back then. So these recaps oftentimes were, were, were refreshing and we were glad to see them again. Hey, quick question to fast forward a year ahead, because like you said, unless they showed it again on the show, you didn't get to see it. When the B show Power Pro Wrestling started, were you getting that? OK, this is going to sound crazy. I'm pretty sure I was. But I probably just tied it all together and just like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound really confusing, but it's going to sound confusing. All I, like, all I remember in my mind, again, I'm really, really young. I mean, I'm not even, I'm eight years old, not even eight at this time when this is on. So, but all I remember is 5 p.m. channel 26. So could I have been watching power pro at another time yes but i i just feel like in my mind all i remember is 5 p.m channel 26 does that make sense it makes sense when you're young you kind of watch a bunch of different things and it's pretty good that you remember the day and the time that's pretty impressive oh yeah yeah channel 26 you could, you, you'll never forget that i mean people like ricardo coleman who listens to the show he he knows exactly where i'm coming from man at, at, at that time period in new orleans you were you did everything in your earthly powers even as a kid to be in front of your television to watch what was going down in mid-south wrestling well coming out of this recap bill watts wraps everything up everything that's going on with andre and kamala with some news about something that's happened to skandar akbar let's go to this i don't know if kamala injured andre as much as he made him mad and i when i mean mad that's a seven foot four 485 pound giant that's mad it's an awesome anger. It's an anger that engulfs you. We'll hear more about that later. Also, Skandar Akbar received a heavy fine from Charlie Lay, the head of the board of directors of Mid-South Wrestling. But Akbar's attorneys forced a gag rule on Mid-South where they could not reveal the amount of that fine. Now, how he did that, I don't know. Again, it seemed like DBS and Bourne were unbeatable. But there are new Mid-South Tag Team Champions. Mr. Wrestling 2 and Tiger Conway Jr. And we'll meet them right after these words from the Mid-South Television Network. 
Well, there we hear it. Some news there at the end, Mike. Two things. Skandar Akbar fined, but we don't know how much. There's a gag order placed on Mid-South Wrestling. We'll have to see where that goes. And new tag team champions. Now, that made my ears perk up back in the day because I don't know if I expected DiBiase and Bourne to lose the titles like without us seeing it. So, and this is this is another thing that made wrestling so much different back then than it is now. We would never hear at the top of a program that, oh, we had tag titles change hands nowadays. We're never going to hear that because everything is pretty much, for the most part, televised live. I mean, AEW, WWE, you know, everything is pretty much live now. So we're never, you'll never have one of those moments. So back, but back in the day, you had these moments where all of a sudden, out of the blue, it even happened on Saturday night on TBS a lot of times. It was like, oh, we had a new, we got a new champion. We got a new US, new U.S. champion. Such and such happened. It, it, so that made my ears perk up. It's like, wait, we got new champs. So now all of a sudden they were playing that replay, which was cool. But now I, I'm really invested because I got to see what happened. Are they going to show it? Or what are we going to learn about this? How did it all go down? Anyway, it's just a nice little hook to set before you go to commercial and then come back. You know, one of the big differences, too, is that it was a house show business back then. Although this footage is from Houston, and that's a little bit more than a regular house show town, this was a house show business. If you wanted to see the title changes, you had to go buy a ticket. You had to wonder, is this show that I'm going to going to be the one where we have a new champion? Great point, because six days a week and, and, and twice on Sundays, the house shows were happening, and you were literally we've seen it now a bunch of times i mean they've they've done title switches on tv don't get me wrong but we've seen it a, a few different times over the last year and a half or so we've numerous occasions the title changed hands whether it was in mississippi or some town in louisiana and you're right as a person who's buying that ticket you're wondering i mean you're you're gone because you're thinking maybe maybe the belt changes hands tonight i mean that was one of the hooks that you went and had to go to the arena plus i mean it was a it was a it was a much different setting i mean watching it on tv was one thing i mean you know back in the 80s if you attended an event it was completely different i mean it was there was an excitement it was it was akin to if you were going to see your favorite sports franchise play except you weren't watching a franchise you were watching your your favorite wrestlers but that's what it was like so it was a big thing to go to go to the wrestling enjoy it and see it firsthand and then hopefully as you're seeing it firsthand you're you're hoping for a title change and as i say that there is a scene at the end of this title change when they air this match that this you see it with these fans they go nuts when that pinfall happened well, let's go to that right now because Bill Watts is interviewing Mr. Wrestling 2 and Tiger Conway Jr., the new Mid-South Wrestling Tag Team Champions. We've seen them team up, forget if it's once or twice in the last couple of weeks on the show, but they had just started teaming up, and now they have dethroned DiBiase and Bourne. It's probably easy to forget just how long they've been the Tag Team Champions. When was the Junkyard Dog match? October? Mm, I, yeah, I, mm. I think October, I think late, mid-October, I feel like it. Yeah, it was it was in October for sure. So here we are in March. I mean, that's a pretty good run with the Mid-South Tag Team titles. Let's go to this interview. Well, after February the 9th, when DiBiase and Bourne, with the help of Hacksaw Dugan, the Rat Packer, and Kamala and Akbar, held on to the Mid-South Tag Titles against Andre the Giant and Mr. USA Tony Atlas, they probably thought they were unbeatable, a very formidable team. But on March the 11th in Houston, Texas at the Sam Houston Coliseum, a new team, a dynamic duo, 
Mr. Wrestling 2 and Tiger Conway Jr. had something to say about that. As you see, they're holding the Mid-South Tag Team titles. They are the new Mid-South Tag Team champions. I want to offer my congratulations to both of you. Thank you very much, Bill. You know, it's a simple combination of perhaps a couple of things. First of all, they underestimated us. That they shouldn't have done. We proved a point to them another way that they can be beat. I have yet met to meet anyone that can't be beat one way or the other. And this is the proof of the pudding. Here's the belts, and here are the new champions. Well, Tiger, I know it had to thrill you being that's your hometown. Your father was there, and, and of course, you've had some rough luck in Houston, and all of a sudden the chemistry's right. You're with a tremendous partner, and you guys pulled it out. That's right. You know, it's, I'd say it's the greatest day of my life, and also to be with wrestling, too, as a partner, a legend, and to pull something out over the Rat Pack that was something I will never forget, and I guarantee wrestling, too. We'll stay champions a long time. As long as I have you behind me, I'll stick with you all the way. Well, that fall was a grinding, grueling match, some 20 minutes in length. We're going to join the last closing moments, and you all will see and relive once again this tremendous team and their victory to win the Mid-South Tag Titles. And, Mr. Wrestling, too, would you narrate as we follow along? Because you're the one in the ring at this time. And from there, Mike, we get footage from Houston, Texas of the tag title change with Mr. Wrestling 2 narrating. I'm going to go to your narration in a second, but I have to say, there's something about Mr. Wrestling 2 in a shirt and tie, and it's a short sleeve shirt. It's not like he's wearing long, long sleeves or anything. <laughs> it's just there's something about that visual that is so funny, yet so believable. I mean, he's standing there, and it seems reasonable. Because of the way he carries himself, but there's something about that visual. He looks like the masked insurance salesman here. Well, okay, I was going to say he looks like a high school biology teacher <laughs> with the short sleeves that and the works. tie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I, and I, I, maybe it's because I'm thinking of like one of my high school biology teachers who who used to dress like that. That that, that could be it. But I mean, if there's, if there's nothing more old school than that, because I don't know, I never was a guy who would wear a dress shirt that's short sleeve. Like if I had a button up with a with a collar on it, it was always long sleeve, even even growing up in a deep south where it was you know, ridiculously hot and humid. If I had to wear a dress shirt, it was it was always the long sleeve variety. I don't know. I just the look of the short sleeve just kills me. But he looks like a high school biology teacher. He's got his slacks on. He's got the belt in the right hand. He's got the, the, the white shirt or at least it appears white based on the grainy footage that I'm looking at and the tie and, and the mask. It, it's it's rather, rather fascinating and glorious to look at when you when you look at it in all its detail. Any thoughts on the actual match, the footage we see from Houston, Texas? Uh, I, I just, you know, Watts throws it, you know, to two, and two is giving commentary over the match. So we're not getting live commentary at the match. It's just two talking over it. And, you know, I, again, two hits a couple of knee lifts, and then Tiger Conway hits the Hurricane Rana into a roll-up, and Conway and two win the belts. And I, I'm just saying, man, that crowd, if you're watching them, and we we're, the, the shots we're getting are, are very close, but when that pinfall happens, that crowd loses their mind when the referee rolls in and counts the pin. I mean, Conway makes the pin on Bourne, 
and just when you see the crowd, they erupt. And I, I said a second ago, you know, going to the matches back then, if you saw a title change, it was magical. I mean, it was like going to, you know, for me, an NFL football game and watching my team win on a last second field goal. You know, the crowd goes nuts. It's that same type of environment here in Houston. The people are jumping. They're going crazy. I don't I'm sure they didn't expect it. But when it happened, they were like, oh, my God, Conway Jr. And two just won the belts from DiBiase and Bourne. Just a great, great scene watching these fans and how happy they are well coming out of that footage we get a little bit more with mr wrestling 2 and tiger conway jr let's go to this sergeant at arms there you cleared ted dibiase out and you were looking for dugan or anybody else that may be coming you are the champions they may think they have underestimated you ladies and gentlemen i don't <laughs> think i think this is the team to beat right here because uh... they definitely are the champions they hold the medal and they got to come to you how sweet it is let me tell you bill I'm looking forward to, to meeting anyone at any given time, any kind of tag team combination. I don't care who it may be. You, you line them up, and Conway and I will strike them out. Well, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of action like uh, bees to a hive of honey. There's some new champions, and everybody's going to want to try you on for size, and I'm sure matchmaker Grizzly Smith and the promoters in the Mid-South area will be ha having a busy time, and you're going to have some very formidable opponents. <laughs> the Rat Pack is grumbling, boss. The Rat Pack is hurting. <laughs> we'll be back after these moments and these messages from Mid-South. Well, there we hear it. The Rat Pack is crumbling, and as we're going to find out in the next few weeks, he's not entirely wrong. <laughs> he's definitely not wrong. Uh, this was good. I, I liked it. You know, I, again, I remember this. I was shocked. I did not, you know, little, little did I know when I was tuning into this episode of Mid-South back in the day, that, again, Tiger Conway Jr. and two would win the belts. Like you said, we've only seen them, I think, in one or two matches at this point. Can't remember exactly. But the fact that they just took down the Rat Pack, Bourne and DiBiase, and won the Mid-South Tag Titles, I'm surprised. You know, it was, it was wow, that came out of nowhere. But that happened back in the day. You know, it's, it's what wrestling was at that point. Well, coming out of that, we got our next match, or actually our first match on the show, our first match from the Irish McNeil Boys Club. Kamala with General Skandar Akbar and Friday versus Marty Lundy with Rick Ferreira as the referee. I don't have too many notes about this match. Do you have anything, Mike? No, Kamala wins very quickly. That's all I had. I mean, it was to be expected. I mean, Marty Lundy looks good as usual, but very, very quick. Coming out of that match, we go back to Bill Watts, who's going to talk a little bit about the incident that happened when Andre the Giant grabbed him. Of course, Andre the Giant grabbed him and was mad because of what Kamala had done to him. Let's hear this audio, and then we'll have a little bit more audio right after it. As I said, Andre the Giant, the largest man in the world, is the man that's upset. He's not only upset, he is just consumed with anger. And he grabbed me right after the match, February the 9th, took me by the lapels of my coat and literally lifted me off my toes, and I weigh 300 pounds. I've just never had a force like that in my life. Let's relive that moment as Andre says what he thinks about Kamala. And then we get a recap of the interview where, just like Bill Watts said, Andre was steaming mad. You've never seen Bill Watts just, you know, I don't even know how to ex explain it, just meek, mild, you know, not trying to upset the giant while Andre flips out on him about this whole incident. Any closing thoughts? I know we talked about this previously, Mike, but any other thoughts about this? 
I just think this 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 is a look. We I think a lot of people who listen to us and you and I also feel this way. We know now just based on the backstories of how Watts ran his ship and how he was. I, I don't know if I don't want to use the term bully and make it sound like that, but he drove a hard bargain. I guess is what I'm saying. So we we look at Watts. We knew he was a tough guy back then as a wrestler, but we even think of probably him more as a tough guy now. As a promoter, just based on the stories we've heard, and it's like, you know, like one man gang told me one time, you better make it to the building even if you died in a car accident just so somebody can get the one, two, three on you. That was Watts' philosophy. So to the point you're saying when he seems very, very meek here with Andre, when Andre's literally shaking him, I think that's just as even more impactful now as it was then because we think of Watts as this just you know tough guy who carries a big stick and he doesn't take any crap from anyone so that's the only thing i'll add to it as far as Watts' demeanor right there with andre i mean he looks scared and andre kind of towers over him and we know watts wasn't a small guy so the the point there is watts i'm sorry andre meant business and watts felt it and didn't want to make him any more angry than he was at that moment and basically did what he said here's bill watts Concluding this segment with his closing thoughts. Well, Boyd and his heavy French accent, everything he said may not be absolutely clear, but his intent was clear, and I was right there and I was receiving it. And I know Grizzly Smith is trying to arrange the match with Kamala and Andre the Giant, and that should be a battle of giants. Bill, he's not only mad, but he was enraged. And we'll be back with more action after this word from Mid-South Wrestling Television Network. And there it is. They are now setting up Andre versus Kamala, which you would think would be a major attraction at the arenas in Mid-South Wrestling. Oh, my God. That'd be huge. Andre versus Kamala? Let's do it. I mean, this is... uh, Especially after what we've seen and Kamala body slamming Andre and and bloodying him and battering him. I mean, he wounded wounded the big man. Let's be... He did something we had never come close to seeing at that point. So, absolutely certain... That sets up things, and if you if you if you can afford it and can get a ticket to the to the buildings when they're when they're in town, you're gonna go see it. Coming out of that, we get a match: Matt Bourne, formerly one of the Mid South Wrestling Tag Team Champions, against the Junkyard Dog with Alfred Neely as the referee. Before this match gets underway, we have a confrontation in the ring. Let's hear Bill Watts talk about it. Know who the fans will tell you as they cheered and hollered loudly because the big thump, the junkyard dog, Bill. Yes, but I see the black ninja approaching the ring, Boyd Pierce. Lots of things could be happening. Nobody yet knows who controls the ninja. He's going into some kind of ceremonial situation. I, the only thing I ascertained once before, this must be a ceremonial type challenge. And the ninja definitely is directing that challenge at the junkyard dog. Of course, Matt Bourne has stepped out of the ring. He's hoping to see the ninja and the dog. And I'll tell you, the dog's got a little ceremony of its own. It's called a a long toe chain. And I promise that ninja, he'll find something that nobody else has been able to overcome. Is that chain, if it whacks you upside the head, he'll knock that ninja right back to Tokyo. The ninja with his kendo stick out there, he's challenging the dog. He hasn't backed off. He has not backed off yet. The dog's firing that chain at him. We could have something, a non-scheduled event right here. 
And Matt Bourne is loving it. The crowd's starting to chant, J-Y-D. 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 Now the ninja looks like he is, this isn't the time or the place. He's putting a lot of intense pressure on the dog boy because the dog doesn't know when he's going to strike. There goes ninja, there goes the chain, and the bout's on. And from there we get this match underway. But another confrontation between Kendo Nagasaki and the Junkyard Dog. Nothing really happens, but it really is intriguing. The dog has his chain. He's ready for action. Nagasaki's doing his ritual. But the other big note about this show, Mike, and this taping, is this is a hot crowd. This is a crowd that's really up and dancing when the dog comes out and they're screaming and making noise. Hot crowd. They are. They're very hot. They're on their feet. I mean, you heard the JYD chance there while the ninja was doing his ceremonial thing. One other difference between this time and the last time the ninja did this ceremonial thing with dog, if memory is correct. So last time dog kind of just stood there with the chain, like, you know, waiting to see what the ninja was going to do. And if he was going to charge him this time, dog actually swings the chain at the ninja as the ninja is getting a little bit too close for comfort. So, but they don't, they don't make contact. And I, I just point that out. They're teasing it still. So whether something is going to, these two are going to come to blows. The point here, I think that you need to remember and everybody out there should remember is they're teasing it. So they haven't made contact yet. The ninjas made these, I guess, threats and whatnot, but we just still don't know if, if they're when, when they're going to do battle. But the, the point there is they, there was no contact. They teased it, but nothing actually happened. So again, one of those things, stay tuned. we got to see where this goes with these two. I really like this. I know there's not a lot happening, but the anticipation for what this could be is something I actually really like. And the fact that the dog, you could tell he's worried. I don't know if worried's the right word. You could tell he realizes this could be a troublesome situation as he's holding that chain. There's something about this. It's a simple angle or a simple series of angles, but I really do like it. Yeah, he's he's guarded. That's that's a, that's a term you you probably want to looking for there. He's guarded with this situation. You know, he doesn't know what the heck's happening, but he's like, you know, I know I know something's up. This guy keeps he's basically kind of stalking me in a way, and he keeps showing up and he's basically trying to threaten me and he's just getting in the ring doing his ceremony and you know, that's fine, but the minute he charges me, he's going to he's gonna get this, he's gonna get the thump. He's going to get the headbutt and, and everything. So, I don't know. you got to stay tuned to it because, again, they're just slowly teasing it. That's all it is to it. It's just a slow build. Uh, the, like you said, you used a good word. Anticipation of, of them going at it is what we're seeing here. We get a little more audio during this match. Bill Watts talks a little bit about Ted DiBiase taking a vacation of sorts after his Mid-South Wrestling Tag Team title loss. And also about someone new who's coming to town. Let's hear this. Matt Bourne. Ted DiBiase not here. I understand he got a short vacation. Thanks to the junkyard dog. Maybe getting a little even for the vacation the dog received. I know the dog has said he wants a showdown with the gorilla man, Hacksaw Dugan. And of course, in two weeks, we'll have Hacksaw Bruce Reed here from Atlanta, and Dugan is already upset because the fans have heard about his coming and have been getting on Dugan about it, and Dugan said there's only one Hacksaw in Mid-South, and that's Hacksaw Dugan, the Louisiana champion. Oh, and the referee cleared through there. Matt Bourne with that southpaw left hook really caught the dog. Ralph Neely counting him off. Well, there we hear it with a little bit of action. 
Also taking place, Hacksaw Bruce Reed is coming, and Hacksaw Duggan's not happy about another Hacksaw, although I think Bill Watts almost has it wrong. He said the fans are getting on Hacksaw Duggan because of it. Week after week, and we're going to have it again this week and next week, the fans are getting more and more behind Hacksaw Duggan each and every week. Yeah, I I, I think... My thought was originally like when when Watts was thinking of bringing in and I, I would love to know his mindset on this when he was thinking of bringing in Butch Reed, I almost said Bruce like him because that's what he does to me. When he was thinking of bringing in Butch Reed, I almost think the original intent was, you know, oh, you know, I'm going to throw him and Hacksaw together like instantly right away. You know, let's make it happen. But but you're right. It's weird because we're getting all these cheers for for Duggan and it's kind of hard. We know what's coming to really assess it. It's like, yeah, but the fans are really getting behind Duggan and we're seeing this thing where there seems to be trouble brewing in the Rat Pack. So I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. You're right. He's, he's talking about Butch Reed here in the battle of the hacksaws already, but that's not, I I don't know. It's, it's, it's just kind of weird. It's almost like he didn't see the organic turn actually happening. I don't know. What do you think, Brian? I don't know. I don't know what the original intention was for, was he originally going to be Hacksaw Bruce Reed? You know, did he have to say, you know what, call me Butch? Was he intent originally to keep Hacksaw Duggan heel longer? I really don't know. A lot of this will play out in the coming weeks. But they've been obviously building up Hacksaw Bruce Reed coming. This is now, you know, right. this isn't the first mention of this. So something was originally planned when, like I said, we'll see what happens. Any thoughts about this match? Any notes about this match? Uh, the only other note I had was out of nowhere, Born like he leapfrogs JYD and then drops down, and then um, JYD hits Born in the gut with a punch, and then Dog hits Born with a, a Russian leg sweep, or as Watts called it, a side suit play, <laughs> yeah. and JYD <laughs> JYD wins by clean pinfall over Born, and boy, we saw Born take the pin earlier in the tag match from Houston, albeit, and then now Born. Clean pin, no Rat Pack interference, no DiBiase out there coming out to help him or anything. Just Matt Bourne taking a clean pin and uh, do with that information what you believe and can un- can can make of it. But Matt Bourne, another clean pin. And that's that. Yeah, we're not exactly sure when the backstage altercation between Duggan and Bourne happened. You would think it would be within this period of time. But it's not too long after this where Matt Bourne and Marty Lundy who would become Arn Anderson, go to Georgia, and they're about to get the big push as the tag team champions when Matt Bourne runs into some problems outside of the ring, and they need to get him out of town fast, and that's when the Road Warriors were invented, because they needed a tag team for that spot. So this is all, it sounds crazy, but this is all right here with Matt Bourne in Mid-South and Marty Lundy in Mid-South, the beginnings of the Road Warriors. If if Matt Bourne hadn't left Mid-South here, we may have never gotten the Road Warriors amazing how the the domino effect or butterfly effect whatever you want to call it ends up happening down the road and how all these parts and things come together the the story that Arn Anderson told recently too about how he JYD was the one who told Watts that boy right there I can't do JYD he he looked like Ole Anderson you know it's like what and then you look at him with his beard and it's like he does kind of look like an Anderson obviously and we know the history now you know Arn and Ole become a tag team and all that stuff but it's just amazing how you know this is when Arn then goes to 
to Georgia and all that stuff happens. And of course, Matt Bourne, yeah, we don't know when the altercation happened. And then of course, Bourne runs into trouble and all of a sudden, I don't know where we get the real warriors in Georgia. Just a hell of a domino effect. And that's another thing Bill Watts had a part of, you know, Ole Anderson picked out the guys, but Bill Watts, I believe was the one who came in there and made the suggestions to make them the road warriors. But we'll get to that in the coming weeks. And later on this year, we'll get the road warriors on mid South TV. But coming out of this match, Mike, we get a tag team match. The Black Ninja, Kendo Nagasaki, and the Golden Dragon, a masked wrestler that's uh, unknown to me, I must say, versus Art Cruz and Tim Horner with Rick Ferreira as the referee. Tim Horner has shaved off his mustache. Bill Watts thanks the fans for the TV ratings. Any thoughts or notes about this match, Mike? Not particularly. County Commissioner Tim Horner doing really well selling for these guys. I want to point that out. The man, the man can sell. I'll give him that. I don't really have anything from it though. I, I, it's, um, you know, it's. We've seen Kendo here now. We we haven't seen the Golden Dragon, so I I don't know what you can really make of this other than it's, you know, getting Kendo and Golden Dragon. Well, Kendo over. I would say Golden Dragon, but it's really, you know, let's get Kendo out here and get him over a little bit. So I don't have anything else from it though. Do you know who the Golden Dragon is? Because I don't. I was gonna ask you. Body type, he looks like the Great Kabuki in a mask, but I'm pretty sure it's not the Great Kabuki. But I yeah, I, I, I actually think. have no idea who it is. He wrestles the way that a lot of Japanese wrestlers would wrestle in the States. He does the chops. He does the nerve hold. But I don't know who it is. I, I, didn't, even, I didn't even look it up to try to figure it out, but I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure who he is either. Well, coming out of that mysterious match, we get Wild Bill Irwin. Versus Joe Stark with Alfred Neely as the referee. Of course, it's a good taping for Bill Irwin to be there. His brother is on the show. His brother being Scott Irwin, the Super Destroyer. We'll get to him in a bit. Let's hear a little bit of audio here at the top of the match about Bill Irwin's bullwhip and Bill Watts' attempts to try to use a bullwhip in the past. Continues now Joe Stark against Wild Bill Irwin. Bill Watts, he came into the ring with that whip, cracking it before the introduction. That's for sure, and that takes a special skill with that bullwhip. I know one time in Minnesota, about 1969, I had a bullwhip that somebody had given me, and I was out trying to crack it. It's just not as easy starting off, and I was out there struggling, and I'd done everything. I'd about taken my ear off, and my wife came out of the house and said, do you want me to show you how to do that? And I didn't believe she could, and I kind of laughed, and I handed her the whip. My gosh, she could crack it with either hand simultaneously, switching hands, cracking it, Embarrassed me so bad that I've never tried to crack one since. And I guess to add to that, boy, she's been cracking the whip on me ever since. Well, there it is. Some news, or I guess not news, but Bill Watts, his history with the bullwhip and his wife cracking the whip on him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to say. He pretty much summarized it right there for us. He says his wife gave him a lesson on bullwhips, and now she is still cracking the whip on him to this day. I... I well, you know, that's Bill Watts just doing his thing on commentary as usual, right? That is right. And coming out of that, he actually says something else about Wild Bill Irwin, who we have not seen on Mid-South TV. But if you're a fan in the Mid-South area, you may remember him from when he was a rookie. So here's Bill Watts talking a little bit about some of the rookies you may have seen in the past and may currently be seeing on Mid-South TV. Wild Bill Irwin. We can remember this young man formerly on Mid-South Wrestling as a rookie, that he took his lumps, and he's since traveled to Dallas, to Atlanta, to Florida, to the Carolinas, and now Wild Bill Irwin 
is a tough up-and-coming young star who has made a niche for himself and is climbing. These are the guys that, like I say, you see the Marty Lundys, the Tim Horners, or you can even remember Ted DiBiase when he was Rookie of the Year here, and then he became the North American champion, then the Mid-South Tag Champion. So when you watch these youngsters, these are the guys that are the future of wrestling. And oftentimes the Kelly Kaniskis, people like that, they're in the arenas, and some people, they don't really appreciate how these youngsters are learning and growing and working and the time they spend in the gym and the hard knocks and the miles they travel. And I think that's why I love this business so much. You see these guys as they come along, and they, they want to make that money. They want to be the superstars. And look at the moves, this man. See the confidence of this youngster. And there you have Joe Stark, another youngster, a college man from over in West Memphis. He travels all the way over here to try to get on wrestling, try to make a name for himself here on Mid-South. Well, there it is, a few words from Bill Watts about younger wrestlers, rookies that you've seen in the past, like Bill Irwin, rookies that you're seeing now, like Joe Stark. And we've talked about this in the past, something that Bill Watts does to make sure that you understand that you should always pay attention to the matches. You don't know who you're seeing. You don't know what will happen. I think it's important what he did right there, too. I mean, he's built, he's talking about these guys who... I don't want to call them no name. They're not really no names. They're the enhancement guys, and they're they're not the obviously the the main ingredients on the card and whatnot. But they're important to what we're seeing here. And the other part is, like you said, you know, these guys are out there trying to make a name for themselves. They're they're working hard. They're wrestling hard matches, and it is important to to at least talk about them so that when your top tier talent is beating them on the shows, it's not like they're just beating some schlub. I mean, next to some of these guys we've seen who like literally can't even hit the ropes. I'm not talking about them, but you know, a guy like Joe Stark, who's who's been here and doing some stuff or even Tim Horner, who's been in Marty Lundy. I mean, that's another one who come in, they bust their tail and they put people over it's important to understand that, you know, what, what Watts is conveying here. Yeah, they, they might lose, but they're in there. They're working hard. They're putting miles on their car, and they're they're in there wrestling and, and giving it all they got to, to, you know, put on a good show. He's not saying those words, but to me, it makes it it makes it makes more it, – it, it's – how can I say it? It's, it's good for the guys when they beat these guys because it doesn't just seem like you're just beating some nobody who, without a name or face on the, on the, on the show. While Bill Irwin wins with a backbreaker, any other thoughts or notes about the match? No, nothing. Wild Bill looks good, man. I, I will say that. But I, I, I was always kind of a, a fan of his from his world-class days and whatnot. I, I liked Wild Bill. One other note I will say, Mike, on commentary, Bill Watts mentions that the midgets will be here next week. He's been building up these midgets now for a little while. And also in two weeks, the debut of Hacksaw Bruce Reed and King Kong Bundy. So there's a big announcement. Coming out of this match, we get a tag team match to close out the show. Hacksaw Duggan and the Super Destroyer from Atlanta versus Mike Jackson and Randy Barber with Rick Ferreira as the referee. I think this is the very first appearance of Mike Jackson here on Mid-South TV. A well-known undercard wrestler from this era. A lot of people saw him on Georgia. He's one of the reasons the Road Warriors got over so well was the bumps he was taking. And of course, he would always come into Mid-South Wrestling and bring a crew of guys with him and work underneath here. Any thoughts or notes about this match before we play some audio? I like Mike Jackson. Still do to this day. When you go back and watch some of them old TBS episodes, you can you have a great appreciation from him. And I don't know if you know this as you're getting into this and uh, playing some audio. Mike Jackson is still on the indies today, I believe. I've seen him on posters, and there's guys who listen to Book in the Territory have told me they have been to shows where he is at. So, And he is in great shape, to be honest. He still looks good. Uh, 
as old as he is, he's he's in phenomenal shape for his age, for sure. Phenomenal shape for any age at that. And he's a guy who, if he had come around today, things would have been a lot different. He was a smaller guy in an era where guys were big. So even though he could work and take great bumps, he never really got a big push anywhere. Absolutely, absolutely agree. And he his look back then, too, with the balding spot, uh, as my co-host uh, Hard Body Hopper said one time, he, he looks like a high school math teacher. And, and he kind of did. Um, but... You know, nowadays, I believe he's bald, doesn't have any hair on his head, and he's he's either lost it all or completely shaved it off. And uh, he, like I said, he's still in great shape. But you're right. For his time period, he was in there with the he was in the land of the Giants and he was just a smaller guy. So uh, different, different day, different time. He probably, like you said, get over a lot differently now than than he did back then, even as good as he was back then. Let's hear a little audio from this match of Bill Watts talking about something that is making Hacksaw Duggan upset. Oh boy, I'm just reflecting on how upset Hacksaw Dugan has been ever since Grizzly Smith has started having announced in the different arenas the arrival of Hacksaw Bruce Reeder from Atlanta. Dugan has just been incensed. He says, I'm the only Hacksaw, and I'm the champion here. So I'm telling you, Hacksaw Reed is better be ready to fight when he gets here. And Dugan is up and staring. A man has got more explosive energy. And he tags in a monster. This guy is a powerhouse. He's a methodical machine. Super destroyer. The guy, it seems like he doesn't even really get warmed up till about 14, 15 minutes in a match. He's just awesome. Got tremendous stamina for a big man and power. But Mike Jackson knows. You can tell. He knows that the, the way to combat this man is not head on. He's got to use some quickness and move around. Tell Mike Jackson's a veteran. Well, there we hear it. Hacksaw Duggan upset about the arrival of Hacksaw Reed. We heard a little bit about that earlier. And Bill Watts puts over Mike Jackson. While this is happening, Mike Jackson is moving around the ring. He actually gets some really good offense on Duggan to the point where Duggan tags out. Jackson looks good here, and Randy Barber is the one who takes the fall after the Super Destroyer superplex. But one of the big things, I think, Mike, about this is the reaction of the fans to Duggan and the Super Destroyer. That's a good point. I hadn't even thought about it until you said it. Yeah, man, they, they, I look, man, Duggan is as much of a heel as he is, man. They just love him. It's, I, he's just got it. Corny says it all the time. People who have it, he's got it. And, you know, they just, they, they, Duggan is the man. That's all I can say. And I, I'm anxiously, I'm getting anxious. I'm looking forward to what we're going to see. And I don't want to give anything away because I've been told I, we spoil things sometimes. So uh, I think people know where we're going with this, but uh, I think people will enjoy it once we get there. Well, with that, we wrap up another episode of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast. Want to make a quick mention here at the end of the show. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at GreatBrianLast. You can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Twitter at Super Podcast, and we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Arcadian Vanguard. You can hear me on the 605 Super Podcast at 605pod.com or available wherever it is that you find your favorite podcasts. Mike, how can the listeners stay in touch with you and booking the territory? 
Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike Five Hundred Four Saints. I post clips from clips from these shows sometimes when I when I have time, and it's some really really good stuff that Brian and I have talked about. Also, come listen to Booking the Territory twice per week. On Thursday nights, we drop our NWA Saturday night shows, and on Sunday nights, we drop our Smoky Mountain Wrestling recaps. It's a fun time. We're the unprofessional wrestling podcast for a reason. The jokes are terrible. It's not politically correct, but it's still fun nonetheless. So come check us out. We'd appreciate it. And uh, that's all I got, Brian. Man, it's another fun week of Mid-South Wrestling. We'll have to stay tuned because there's a lot going on in the territory, and we will see where things go with that. The Mid-South Wrestling Television Review is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. For Mike Mills, I'm the great Brian Last. Tally-ho! Mm-hmm.